There's only one place you can get a true Colorado mountain pie, and that, of course, is Bojo's. And right now, not only are you going to get the only true Colorado mountain pie in the world, you are also going to get a free honey cheese bread when you go in there. So don't go when you're on keto like me, or else you're not going to have a good time. But if you do go any other time, you're going to have an amazing time. You can get a free honey cheese bread. You're going to get some Breck brews while you're there. It doesn't really get any better. So go to Bojo's. That's B-E-A-U-J-O-S dot com and tell them we sent you. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Make sure you use that code DNVR20 when you get your rich, tasty CBD infused coffee. It's delicious and it might help you out with those aches and pains that you have. Make sure you give it a try. Welcome into the show. Uh, a little peel behind the curtain for you here. We uh, recorded an entire first segment. Oh, it was good. It was... <laughs> gold. Podcast ever gold. <laughs> and of course, it would happen on the day where we don't have hours and hours to record a podcast that we lose the first segment and have to re-record it. So, hope you guys don't mind. We're going to give you the quick Cliff Notes version of what we discussed here about Bronco's ownership. Uh, which was kind of the news of yesterday. And then we're going to get to your questions because I think you guys want us to get to your questions more than you want to hear about the Broncos ownership. So we'll start with what Roger Goodell said yesterday, which is essentially an echo from what Joe Ellis said at the end of the season, which is Pat would not have liked to see this strife between the team. And that was, that was kind of the, the lasting quote from that. Yeah, this isn't uh, a coincidence either. Uh, Joe and, and Pat, or Joe and Roger, have a good relationship. And they not only probably talked in the past couple weeks after Joe Ellis made those statements, they were both probably on this exact same page with each other before Joe made those comments at the end of season press conference. So once you have the acting owner with Joe Ellis, who isn't only one-third of the trust, he's also the president and CEO of the team, and you have the NFL commissioner saying that this needs to happen. Well, guys, guess what? This needs to happen, and all seven kids need to get on the same page. I don't see it happening. Well, don't forget, we are now in the discovery period uh, of the lawsuit uh, that was uh, brought forth by uh, Beth Bolin Wallace and Amy Clemmer, the uh, two children of uh, Pat Bolin with his first wife that was challenging this lawsuit, of course, challenging the validity, validity, pardon me, of the trust itself. And uh, I don't think anybody in the NFL wants to see this thing protracted and drawn out and uh, and reach the uh, trial point, which would begin in September if it continues on that path. I don't think Joe Ellis wants to deal with it either. So you, you start thinking, okay, uh, it, if they can't get behind Brittany Bowen, the whole family, and I would imagine, and that includes Beth Bowen, Wallace, and Amy Clemmer. We're talking about all seven children, each of whom have a, a one-seventh share of of the team that is not owned, uh, the part of the team that's not owned by John Bowen, Pat Bowen's brother. Um, so 
I mean, we, we talked about it the first the first go around that we did this. Um, seems like it's it's speeding toward a sale, not only because because of that, but also we talked a little about the inheritance tax issue as well. Yeah, and I was going to say that was the conclusion that we drew as we went through the first segment the first time, it which is they trying to get seven children on the same page about this seems like a fool's errand. Um, and to me, the entire basis of these lawsuits being brought forth mostly by Beth and her camp to me, it was always to force the sale of the team. Because as we've mentioned before on this podcast, we're talking about somewhere in the ballpark of 300 to $500 million um, per child based on the sale. And otherwise, they're just getting, you know, what, the ability to say that the team is in their family? And really quick, the, the Broncos made $90 million in income profit last year. So you take that, you take out taxes, so $50 million, and then you divide that by seven, and that's what each kid would be getting per year. So we're talking, what, five-ish, six, seven million dollars per year? That's fantastic. But when you can get a lump sum of $200 million, that, that's viewed differently. Yeah, and then so we we talk about that. That's already seems like a hurdle um, that won't be cleared. But then we brought up the estate tax, and, th- and this is kind of um, the new wrinkle in the situation. Which, as we learned as we did some research here, it's a forty percent flat rate right now on inheritance. And Thanks. that's not what it used to be. Just uh, eleven years ago, it was seventy-seven percent. Now. The this forty percent figure kicks in at eleven point five eight million dollars of inherited wealth. Obviously, effectively one eighth of the team is worth of an NFL team is worth a lot more than that. So you know the fact that you have to cover that when we inherit it. Remember, they have not inherited the team yet because the trust controls the team. When the trust officially passes it on to the heirs that's when the inheritance tax would kick in right and also um annabelle is in the mm-hmm. inheritance as well and right. her inheritance would go down from her to the children and i think the most important part to remember here is that while pat Bolin was a very rich man he wasn't you know david tepper rich he was i can own a a nfl team in the 80s rich mm-hmm. and most of his wealth was tied up in the Broncos. And there were there was kind of leveraging involved to make sure he had the money. And, of course, there were a lot of uh, transactions that involved his family, involved his, uh, his, his, his late father and siblings in order to make sure that he had the capital to buy the Denver Broncos to begin with. So he, he's... So the, real yeah, quickly, he, the reason why that matters is because if you're getting the Broncos at $3 billion, and then there's another $3 billion left over, well, now you have some money to pay off the inheritance tax. Yeah, here's the $1.3 billion for the inheritance tax. Right, and now the team is untouched. This situation would be a lot closer to the inheritance would be coming technically out of the Broncos, and that wouldn't work. That means you'd have to sell part of the team, up 40% pay, yeah. of the team, which you could still do because you, you, if the Broncos were to do that, they still have over 50%. Each kid would still have over the 5% needed to be the controlling owner. So they could do that. 
But but then it's a matter of finding somebody. If it's forty percent, it's a matter of finding somebody willing to pay one point two billion dollars for an asset in which they have no operational <laughs> control. So right. I think the deal there would be they also. You know, I don't know if they even can do this, but the way I can see it working is that person who buys it also has first right to anything else that's going to be sold in the future. Maybe it's a deal kind of like what we saw, and this didn't involve inheritance, but uh, Art Modell sold a smaller portion of the team to Steve Bishotti in Baltimore, and then eventually Bishotti bought kind of more shares of it and took control of the team. It was sort of a it was sort of a staged. Um, over time, stair step kind of buy in to control of the Baltimore Ravens, right? Like a vesting schedule yeah. type of thing where you just can kind of keep getting more and more and more. But then just sell the team now if you're going to do that. I think that's where this is going. Yeah. Well, the, the climate is right. I mean, let's say you know we haven't had a an, we haven't had an economic downturn in you know a little over a decade, right? Since the since the last recession, it's been a it's been on the upswing ever since, but you know, economic expansions don't last forever. I mean, it, you know, any so at some point there's going to be a downturn. It could be a painful downturn in the economy, and that would pro, and that would affect even the value of NFL franchises. So this may be the Broncos may be at a sell high point, is what I'm saying, at least for the near future. Yeah, and so the other thing we discussed here was possible owners. Everyone knows about the Peyton Manning group, and we, as we, as I described it, that would be like a Kyle Shanahan situation. If he, if he and that group are involved, every Broncos fan is going to want that. It'd be like the Tim Tebow Peyton Manning situation. People love Tim Tebow. Oh, you got Peyton? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Peyton, we love you. Sorry, Tim. Love you too. Bye. Most people were like that. Yeah, and um, that's what it would be. It'd be very similar to that. Yep. Um, the other person who was recently reported at, uh, by Darren Rovell to be the quote-unquote leader or the top candidate if they were to go to sale was a guy by the name of Robert Smith, who, yes, is a real person, even though his name doesn't sound like <laughs> one. Um, he's worth $5 billion as of September 2019. He is worth $5 billion. He is from Denver, as Mace pointed out. Doesn't, doesn't live in Denver now, but I'm sure he could make arrangements to move back. He can get a moving truck or something. He can afford the uh, private plane back and forth every day that we're talking about for <laughs> Philip Rivers if he signs with the Bucks and commutes from Destin to Tampa every day. Yeah, so uh, he's the, the one who was rumored to be the leader, but this was the way that Ravel reported it was interesting, in my opinion. He said, like, well, two years ago when this brought up, he would have been the leader. So I don't know if he's the currently the leader. It was very um, half-hearted, but yeah. it's a name. Because since then, you've had the Panthers sold, and of course, there was the group that lost out. That was the group that was led by Ben Navarro out of Charleston, South Carolina, that Peyton Manning was involved with. And effectively, if they'd gotten the Panthers, we wouldn't be talking about Peyton Manning right now. He'd probably be directly right involved in the day-to-day -day operations of, of Carolina. What happened there was David Tepper, who's worth $12 billion, David Tepper could write a cash offer for the Panthers, and the NFL wanted Jerry Richardson out as quickly and quietly as possible after all the malfeasance that came to light late in 2017. So Tepper was a minority owner of the Steelers at that point. That was an easy call. He ended up uh, buying the Panthers. So I would think because the Manning-Navarro group, if they 
were still in play, if they were still together on this. They've already been vetted. I think they would be uh, near the front of the line. I think you would see Robert Smith in the mix as well. You'd also maybe see some people who are involved locally. I've heard the name Charlie Ergen from Dish Network uh, brought up as a potential uh, owner of the team. Of course, there are people who are going to bring up Jeff Bezos just because he's got oodles of money and he's prominent. I think uh, there will be a drumbeat uh, for Jeff Bezos with any team that could hit the market in the near future. Have you seen the 30 for 30 about John Spanos or John Spano, whatever, who um, faked his way into owning (laughs) the New York Islanders? Yes, and uh, that's part of the reason why you have uh, certain safeguards in place with team ownership now, such as uh, when you give out a contract, you have to put, if it's guaranteed money, you have to put it in escrow. 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 (laughs) Drink. Um... So you're saying that it probably won't work for me to like put on a fake mustache and start my quest to own the Broncos? Probably not, but I salute your optimism. I mean, It'd be good content. We can make a whole documentary out of it. The challenge for you would be to, if you did make a bid like this for the team, to be as goofy and entertaining as a guy named Socrates Babacus who of course in the 1990s he was out of massachusetts he was worth a few million dollars but not much he would pop up and he wanted to buy the tampa bay buccaneers and he got a lot of media coverage even though there was no like there were there was nothing concrete behind his plans he got a lot of media coverage by saying he was going to buy the the buccaneers and move them into a a newly constructed dome stadium that he was going to finance Wow. <laughs> yeah. Was he a real was that his real name? Socrates Babacus. Yes. He he wore a That's amazing. He wore a fishing cap every time he did an interview. It was it was kinda wild. I mean, but I'm in. It's it's a it's a <laughs> hell of a footnote to league ownership. But it's interesting I bring up the Bucks there because the Bucks are an example of how trust ownership is not designed to last. One yeah. you know, the Broncos are going into years will be in year six with the trust they've actually completed their sixth season with the trust but the trust assumed official ownership in july of 2014 the bucks were in a trust after original owner hugh culverhouse died they were sold within six months yeah and you, i think it's like a spare tire when you yeah. put it on you're supposed to drive right to the tire shop it, yeah you're not brilliant analogy you're not supposed to keep it on for years and years and years so you see what happens bad your axles bad. get all bent and, <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and that's why i think this happens soon uh, very soon. In fact, maybe the the, the pushing, uh, the, the thing that sends Joe Ellis over the edge is if this gets to trial on September 1st, maybe it's midway through the trial. Maybe it's before the trial. He sees it's going to trial and says, you know what? I'm done. I have the power to do this. June, he says, this team's being sold. I don't want to put thoughts in Joe Ellis's head or words in his mouth, but did he not seem at that press conference at the end of the 2019 season like he was already at the edge? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he seemed yeah. over it. That's, sure. why, that's why he, he made this ultimatum. And remember, like, there's been some talk in local circles that Joe Ellis has hung on to power because he you know, wants the money, wants to stay on the gravy train. Joe Ellis does not need the money in any way, shape, or form. Joe Ellis has plenty of money. Of course, he is a part of the Bush family, as in George H.W. and George W. who've been president. There's a lot of money uh, in, that, in that family connection. Joe Ellis does, does not need this. I mean, I think yeah. the idea of... 
the idea of uh, spending a lot of more time in uh, in Maine and Kennebunkport and sailing and just enjoying life is probably a very attractive one for Joe Ellis. Yeah, I also think six-figure salaries for doing pretty much nothing are pretty attractive, too. <laughs> Anyways, let's... Uh, yeah, this isn't about the money for him. It no, I know. I'm just saying it, it's, a, it's not a bad um, part of your life no. to just have the title of being in the trust and, like, have to evaluate... Right. Bowling children. But, but it's something that I'll say this for Joe being in that organization that, that being a good steward for Pat Bowen's legacy is something he takes exceptionally seriously. It's something that every big decision that comes up he thinks about. You can tell it's weighed on him a ton. Yes, too. it has. All right, I think we hit on just about everything we got the first time around with less research and <laughs> jokes. <laughs> uh, so sorry about that. Hopefully it will never happen again because it was quite frustrating for us. Uh, but before we move on, shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. Make sure you come through tonight, Stoney's Uptown, uh, where they're going to be unveiling the Mile High City Beer. I've had a few. I had a couple at the Goaties last night, which, by the way, shout out to everyone who tuned in. We got a great response of, of um, viewers on that. Um, you're going to want to come try the beer. You're going to want to come hang out with us. You're going to want to see our brand new shirt, which will be Woo. unveiled at it's the party. Good looking. It's sweet. So make sure you stop by tonight and uh, have a few Breck brews. And make sure you stop by the Green Solution. And there's 17 locations that you can stop by. And they have an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. So get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online. And head to the closest Green Solution for pickup and... Use that magical code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. All right. Let's talk to the people as we do every single day on this podcast. And quickly, before we get into this, there are a lot, a lot of comments on our heated discussion yesterday about Patrick Mahomes and his future and Tom Brady and all that stuff. In the interest of my sanity, we are not going to rehash that conversation every one of these comments that comes up so we're going to read them and maybe react to a few points here and there but we're not going to have that conversation every time you don't want a 20-hour pod no can't do it (laughs) i I was fascinated to see the reaction of how people were a little bit uh, upset with the fact that we were perceived as praising the chiefs oh i i I got called the Chiefs fan so mean, many times last night, and I made my statement of I'm not a Chiefs fan. But this is their moment. I mean, this they're in the Super Bowl for the first time in a uh, half century. I mean, have you I, I don't you care to, whose moment it is. Yeah. I know everybody hates the Chiefs. <laughs> Forget them. In Broncos country, I get it, but uh, we can't deny the reality of the moment. They've won four division titles in a row, and they have a great young quarterback. I will yeah, say yeah, it, is in, it is interesting that you're wearing a Travis Kelsey jersey, Ryan, and you're wearing a Patrick Mahomes jersey, Mace. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, someone tweeted at me. They didn't tag you on it. They said that uh, if Skip Bayless and oh, – I saw the word Skip Bayless in here already. Skip Bayless and Colin Cowherd had a child, it would be Zach. Oh, that's – Damn. That's shameful. <laughs> that's shameful. I'm embarrassed. But I'm not because my take was right. Anyways, like I said, we're not going to rehash it. Um, so the first question comes in from Jedi Joshua. It says, hey, fellas, hope all is well. Have you guys have any inside news as to whether the Broncos are leaning more towards free agent cornerbacks or drafting one? Both maybe. Also, do you think McGovern prices himself out of Denver and what they want to pay? Thanks, fellas. Hope you have a good day. 
I think it's still in the kind of the discussion stages right now. I don't think they've reached a direction point on whether it's going to be free agent or the draft. I mean, they're looking at the cornerback position. So John Elway and Vic Fangio have been very clear. January wasn't about evaluating players. So turned out it was about valuing coaches. Yeah, so it, mm. it's it would be a lie to say that yeah they have their their decision made up. No, they we're still in January. Yeah, I will say that I, I'm leaning towards McGovern not being here. Yes. Oh man, and Patrick Morris is your center, huh? Patty Mo. They like Patrick Morris. Patrick M- M- has worked out well <laughs> in the NFC West. He has. He's he's agile, versatile. You can't tackle him. Maybe the greatest ever, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> Next one coming in from Swedish Bronco. RK, open your eyes. Zach is right. Oh, let's just, let's just hear that again. I didn't hear that enough yesterday. You're closing your eyes to the most reasonable projection. P- Patrick Mahomes is projecting to be the best quarterback of all time. You can't compare him to any quarterback ever. He most likely will not win 7-10 to 10 Super Bowls in the 20s. Playoffs is something else. But in the regular season, he is projected to dominate the regular season. Keyword is projecting. Based on all facts we have, he's projecting to be the best ever. I don't think 60% AFC West titles is enough. I think he'll win 7 out of 10. Swedish Bronco. I love you. I needed to hear that, especially with what's to come. I will actually say this, Zach. I'm in my spare time right now. I'm working on a, a project that involves adjusting passer rating for each era and each year. Oh, I love that. So basically getting a, having a rating that will correspond where you can compare across eras. And when I'm done with this, a comparison I want to put forth is Patrick Mahomes to Dan Marino back in the mid-1980s. I want to see how they uh, bear out. I think Dan Marino might even be a little higher after two years in terms of era-adjusted rating than Patrick Mahomes. Interesting. Quite. Next one is from Harry P. Says, hey, guys, long-time listener and, well, you got me. Hey. So excited to be a part of the DNVR family. Now, why is Zach so worried about Tom Brady being on our division? Not only is he declining and he won't have his daddy bill – but he's terrible when playing in Denver. I feel like it gives us more of an advantage than we already have over the Chargers, honestly. I don't know. Four-time Super Bowl MVP, six-time Super Bowl champion, a guy that can put up stats. That only a couple reasons. He yeah. could put up Peyton stats. Peyton Manning could come back tomorrow and play, too. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he... I'm just saying be careful of what you wish for. From Uppercut of Justice, Zach. Skip Bayless Stevens. Oh, that's gonna don't s- do that. That's to gonna me, s- uppercut. Just I hey, that's I gonna stick to you like a like a like bad bo. Why? Man. I didn't say I'm being realistic. As Swedish Bronco said, I'm just being realistic. You're just trying mm. to fire up the people, Zach. I'm yeah. not. I'm trying to I'm, hurt them. I'm just trying to be realistic, and I'm sorry that it hurts your orange tinted. Glasses. I hope you guys shame Zach into stop have, into not having bad no. takes. I I think I think RK and I were plenty realistic. I think, I think so, too. We're I think not Zach, doing this. No, yeah, anyway, because no, as not. we've talked about, two seasons, he's right. the best ever. All right. So my projection is based off what we've seen. All right, Sir James Radio, congratulations, Zach, RK, Mace, and DNVR on the future hiring of me, Sir James Radio, as anchor of the Denver XFL franchise. I'm sure you three are just as excited to have me with you as I am to get the heck out of California. And then I woke up. <laughs> you never know. As long as they call it them the Denver Gold, they have a chance to get covered by us. Next one from Dan Burke. I didn't realize that Paul Rudd was such a big Chiefs fan. Shame, because I liked him, but guess I got a boycott now. Wait a, a second. proper response. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. No, it's not, because Paul Rudd 
he you know he moved to the Kansas City area when he was like ten, uh-huh. and then he Where grew did he up move there. From? Uh, I believe he moved from I want to say like New Jersey or something Sh- like that. Should have been a uh, Giants fan. But back in <laughs> but back in those days, he moved like in the late seventies. You look, you, you kind of left behind your old loyalties back in those days when you moved to a new city because it was harder to follow your old team in a new market. So. He moves to the Kansas City area. He goes to high school there. He goes to the University of Kansas, criticizing Paul Rudd for being even worse. Yeah, (laughs) criticizing Paul Rudd for being a Chiefs fan is like criticizing Trey Parker and Matt Stone for being Broncos fans. That's just where they are. Chiefs fans can do that. (laughs) Paul Dud, IMO. Oh, there you go. So it sounds no no boycott here. Just sounds like Mace is a big Chiefs fan. That's all I can say. (laughs) Who's the most famous Broncos fans that y'all are aware of or have seen at games? Most of them probably jumped off the bandwagon, but there must have been some big names back in the Manning era. Yeah, well, he mentioned Trey Parker, Matt Stone, Paul Um, George, Paul George, but he was really a DT fan. Okay, he he was at games though. Yes, he was at games. Um, and then Harry P below comments a few. Don Cheadle. Yes. Kate Hudson. Don Cheadle from Denver. Jessica Beale, who actually went to my high school, uh, not when I was there, unfortunately, and a lot more. Than I didn't know Jessica Beale was Colorado native. Yeah. Hey. No, she might not be a native, but I know she went to high school. Tim Cook from Apple, CEO. Really? He's oh. a huge Broncos fan. Yes. Peyton Manning. Maybe he can the cook Broncos up some fan. fresh technology for the Broncos. And who? Uh, Maybe the he can name... cook up a couple of billion. I don't know. The name, <laughs> the name, that he for sure can do. The name slipped in my mind. Who is the actor that was wearing the NFL hat? Oh, yeah. Uh, Rob, Lowe. Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe was uh, decked out in Broncos gear in Super Bowl 50. Yeah, he was a big Peyton guy. All right, moving on here from Orange Crush. Hey, guys. just Oh, wait. We missed a little more from Dan Burke. From Dan Burke. He said, speaking of the Chiefs, have you all seen Patrick Mahomes and, and Trippy Red in the same place? Google him. They're practically twins. Mace, do you know who that is? No. Good, oh, wow. I don't, I don't either. Do you? No. Wow, you stumped us all. He says, <laughs> lastly, Mace, what do you think of Malcolm Perry? He's probably going undrafted, and he's definitely not playing quarterback in the NFL, but he's one of the most shifty runners I've seen in a while. think he might give Lamar a run for his money with some of those jukes. Uh, I would actually say this. If the Broncos, based on some projections, they could have the Mr. Irrelevant pick at the end of the draft. I, if that's where they're picking... I would love to see them use a seventh-round choice on Malcolm Perry and create a Taysom Hill package for him. Sounds good to me. Yeah, it does. From Orange Crush, hey, guys, just talking about the Super Bowl party with two separate diehard supporters. My best mate is a Seahawks fan, and after Super Bowl 48, I left after the second half kickoff because I thought I could have killed him. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) The second half kickoff is one of the Uh. most dejecting moments of my sports life. What I'll always remember, guys, is – when they came out of the locker room after halftime, the, the Broncos, they actually looked like they had a bounce in their step. I mean, they looked energized, like, okay, it was a bad half, but you know, we got the greatest offense in the history of football. What was the score? We came, it was 22 nothing. So oh you were down God, three. So doable. You were down three scores with that offense. Just like, tra- I trained my binoculars on the sideline and watched. I saw guys kind of, you know, hopping around. I saw a lot of energy. And then. You have the lollipop kickoff by Matt Prater and Percy Harvin going in the other dire- in the other direction, and you could just see everybody just deflated. If the Broncos that was it. get a stop and score, 
they might win the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate that Percy Harvin had a pep in his step, too. Yeah. Don't be stupid. Kick the ball out of the damn end zone, okay? <laughs> just... I, I hate the whole cute thing of, oh, let's just try to pooch it up there. Especially no, when no. it's Percy Harvin. Oh, my yeah. God. In his prime, man. That that was just awful. Broncos super fan. Welcome back, Mace. Thank you. Stay healthy so you can slow down the Bachelor talk. We've I'm with Mace and six Ar- minutes of Bachelor talk this week. <laughs> yeah. I feel like just as much as it's a bit for us to enjoy it, it's a right. bit for them to pretend like they don't <laughs> yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. I'm with Mason RK and that the Chiefs will be the team to beat in the West, but not a juggernaut. We will win our share of division titles. Brady is done unless he stays in New England. Go Broncos. And for Sunday, 49ers at water for the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. At water for the points. Hall of Fame. Yes, amen. Nate Rad? Nate Raid. Nate, nah, thank you. Nate Raid. Hey, guys, got a couple questions regarding everyone's favorite Bronco, Juwan James. One, any word if James has had any offseason surgery, knee scope or something, considering all his issues, or is it a simple rest to the cure? Uh, he has not had anything at least of a week ago. Two, any word on the Broncos plan to file a grievance as y'all spoke about toward the end of last year? About what? About uh, oh, with Juwan James contract. No, it, no I don't it, think it's going to happen. It seems like there was medical backing to his injuries. Yep. Three, finally, let's say they are granted the grievance. Would y'all rather A, have James, in this case, assume he will play um, all or nearly all snaps, or B, take the cap relief and move on? Obviously, you want the good right tackle that's going to play all the snaps. If you can guarantee that. Well, that's yeah, what he says. But, well, assume, I mean, but you can't guarantee that, but yeah. Until I, I see otherwise, I'm going to assume that Juwan James remains on his every other year trend of being healthy and that the Broncos are going to get at least 15 good games out of him in 2020. All right. The next one comes in also from Broncos Superfan who says, I don't know how this got out of order since we sorted it in chronological <laughs> yeah. order, but we'll come you back. in the same order. I've got it. I think it's fine. He says, second comment, DJC15 has it right. I can't watch a game. Oh, okay. When it's a West rival, Seahawks or Patriots playing. Makes me sick to see them, so I just do other things. The commercials are overhyped anymore for me. If Outwater does not get in the hall this uh, weekend, it just shows that the East and West Coast uh, in the early days of the AFL matter. Chiefs have 13. Chargers have 10. Raiders have 17. We only have seven right now. Uh, and we were in a Super Bowl in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2010s. Where is our love? Even the 100 greatest players only had Elway and Manning. Yeah, I think on the 100 greatest players, the one from the Broncos who was the uh, oversight on the part of the NFL was Champ Bailey. I think Champ Bailey should have been in ahead of Mike Haynes, the yeah. cornerback from the Patriots and the Raiders, East Coast, West Coast. <laughs> we're talking about a first ballot Hall of Famer here? Just first ballot Hall right. of Famer. Yeah, how is that not a top 100? Lone Star Bronco says, man, that was tough to listen to. I actually shut it off <laughs> after an hour. The it's second DNVR podcast in three years I couldn't finish. This is a Broncos podcast, not a Mahomes fan club. Hope there's not more of this to come. Signed, a disgruntled fan. Lone Star Bronco, you can't, you can't handle the truth or, or what? Can't I mean, hand- it's literally the truth is that he has the best start to anyone's career ever. So, saying that he could project as one of the best ever is not crazy. I'm, I'm sorry that you can't handle the truth. You just can't handle your little snappiness. Well, it's the uh, truth. Um, Lone Star Bronco, don't worry. Today it all ends. We won't be discussing this for a long time. Unless he goes wild on Super Sunday. And would you guys be shocked? No. No. Oh. no. Uh, 
Count Locula, cake or pie? Oh, you're reading Count Locula. Sorry. (laughs) I mean, I I don't think that one changed much. I could have even read that one. Yes. Cake or pie? Cake or pie? Mm. So I used to be a cake guy. What kind of pie? Any kind. Yeah, you get to choose here. This um, is so easy for me. I used to be a cake guy. Now it's very clearly pie. I love pie, but uh, carrot cake is one of my favorite things in the entire world. So cake. Ice cream cake. Oh, my God. Easy. Easy. Ice cream cake. Yeah, maybe when you're like seven. No, for the rest of your life. That never, never gets old. Okay. Bobby Lane. Pie, like strawberry rhubarb pie. Greatest thing on Rhubarb. Okay. Bobby Lanks. Mace, we did not hear much on the performance of Davian Taylor at the Senior Bowl. I saw a few say it a great first day. We didn't see much after that. What was your opinion of him? I thought he had a good second day, actually, out there at the Senior Bowl. He's, um... This is kind of a bold comparison. I think he's Isaiah Simmons' light. And when I say a light version of that, I mean somebody that you pick on day three. And yeah, still, and still kind of raw though. I think. I mean, what did he only take? He took up football relatively late, right? Didn't he like only play ten games of high school ball? It's actually a like crazy that? story. Um, he wasn't allowed to play um, based on his religious beliefs on uh, Friday nights. So he uh, didn't play high school ball at all. Um, and so he just kept grinding and eventually, you know, made it uh, and was able to become a buff. That is absolutely incredible. And it's a guy you would love to see here because of so, that buff. So what happened with the CU games on Friday nights while he was there? He played. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm just piecemealing yeah. the story together. I, I could be wrong on a few different details. Okay, I mean, uh, because what, what kind of went through my mind for some reason is thinking about the water boy when uh, Bobby Boucher's mom doesn't want him to play football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Foosball is the devil! <laughs> I'm going to look up the story here while you guys go on. Okay, DJC15. I love you, Zach. Zach. <laughs> he loves Zach. Who's that? But here's the thing. Drink. Boy, maybe I should have let RK read this. The Chiefs aren't as invincible as you think they are. There's a reason we had never seen a dynasty like the Pats before because the stars never aligned that perfectly. Great QB who will play for pennies, goat head coach, and an absolute dumpster fire of a division other than them. The Chiefs already are missing two of the three ingredients. In two or three years, when they have to pay Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, etc., they're going to have a drop-off. That's the beauty of the NFL. No one stays on the mountaintop for long. Us and the Chiefs will duke it out for years to come because we, unlike the Bills, Dolphins, and Jets, actually have the ability to be good. Raiders and Chargers will surprise teams every once in a while for a 7-9 record and could possibly steal a game from the Chiefs each year. This isn't the NBA or MLB. No one stays on the mountaintop for long. I could go on forever about this, DJC, but one thing that you said is, I'm not saying the Broncos won't be good. In fact, I said yesterday, I think three teams will be in the playoffs from the AFC West. And that kind of just shows you how good I think Patrick Mahomes is, is being on top of those three teams. Well, I think also in the AFC West, the Raiders, who have been somewhat of a cash-poor organization at times, are about to become a cash-rich organization going to Las Vegas. And the Chargers, they're kind of, I mean, they're, they're the ones that will always kind of immolate themselves when it matters most, but they're usually competitive. And also, I go back to the Raiders for a moment. They're a well-coached team with John Gruden. 
So they're they're not the fountain of incompetence that they were for the better part of the last 15 years. It's true. And the Big Tabowski chimes in and says, Zach isn't saying there'll be a dynasty like the Pats, just that they'll win the division a lot, even with a massive contract. Because if you have Mahomes, you don't need to be elite anywhere else. I have to say, I completely agree with him, man. Swedish Bronco, the Big Tabowski, I love you guys. That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. So here it is. This is from a story on Bleacher Report from Matt Hayes. I essentially had it pretty right. Uh, we just didn't have the answer to your question, Mace, which now we do. Mm-hmm. It says here, so why didn't Taylor play in any more high school football games? He played in one, by the way. One. Wow. His mother's religion forbade it. The Sabbath for Seventh Day Adventists is observed from the sunset on Friday okay. to the sunset on Saturday, when Adventists refrain from the secular work and recreation to honor the holy day. Since high school football games in Mississippi are played on Friday nights, it created a problem, a big problem. I wouldn't allow it, Davion mother Stephanie Taylor says. As long as he lived under my roof, he followed my rules. Mm. So once he went off to college, he was allowed to play on Friday nights. Boy, how did, how did he get a scholarship? Was he a walk-on at CU? No, he went to JUCO. Okay. And proved mm-hmm. himself there. He just must have been a freak athlete I mean, he, to get he that He won like the 100 meters. Okay. Uh, in track so he's a beast size wise who could run that fast he could be a bronco in much the same way that juan winfrey became a bronco the cu kid who's uber athletic a bit of a projection still raw but you take a day three flyer on him and you see where he goes i'd be thrilled with that this one from the Big Tabowski who says, I'm the biggest advocate for body of work when assessing talent. My friends anoint numerous young NFL players as future Hall of Famers after just one or two seasons. I always roll my eyes and point out the various players who have shined brightly for a short time and then bombed out. The list is seemingly endless. Uh-oh. But Mahomes is different. I've never seen this level of talent, not since Marino any t- anyhow. After his first full season, I also agreed with my friends that he was a true future Hall of Famer. Therefore, I have to say I wholeheartedly sit with Zach on the Mahomes debate and also agree with him on Brady, too. Zach, you definitely won both of those arguments as they softened their take and you hammered yours home. They just didn't want to let you win. I love you, the big T. I love you. Dan Marino is a great comp, and the Dolphins, after winning the division in Dan Marino's first three seasons, then did not finish better than eight and seven in the following four seasons. The only thing that can win this argument is time. Only time will tell. And time will be on my side. Isn't that what Asia said back in the 80s? Who? Who? Asia. Banned. You guys ever see the 40-year-old version? Yes. Yes. Remember that? Asia? You framed an Asia poster? Yes. (laughs) What's their their number one hit? I know they have a good one. Um, Heat of the Moment. Only Time Will Tell was another song that they had. Beautiful. Thank you. Only Time Will Tell. Okay. We're leaving now. <laughs> How do you spell it? Asia. 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 Oh, oh, Asia. The continent. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> back, you know, back in those days when bands were named after places, Asia, Africa, Boston, Chicago, yeah. Kansas. True. Very. Uh, <laughs> wow. John, Atlanta got, rhythm section. I John, mean, we never got Colorado. You have John Denver, John whose Denver. name is not John Denver. He changed his name, so maybe it was that Henry Dukendorf, right? Yep. Exactly. Not Excuse even his first me, name was what? John. Deus, I think Dusseldorf. <laughs> Dukendorf. Yep. <laughs> Not Dusseldorf. Dukendorf. Wow. Yep. <laughs> uh, fun fact Woody Allen, his real name, Woody Konigsberg. No way. Yes, way. How about that? What about Ryan Woody? No, it would be Ryan Allen. Oh, Ryan Allen. And he punts for <laughs> the Patriots. Wow. <laughs> uh, okay, the Big Tabowski really chiming in a lot today. 
And uh, I love it. He says, in response to the count from the last pod, my best friend is a Chargers fan, actually, since he announced his Chargers support. I've downgraded him to good friend. <laughs> Why? This is the Chargers. Anyhow, I was invited to a Super Bowl 48 party at his house with my lovely wife, too, who rather regrettably is a massive Seahawks fan. I chose poorly, I guess. There were three or four other friends who all support different teams. I spent the week thinking that we were going to annihilate them, and she was going to be so miserable and wondering how best to handle it. Don't gloat too much, I often thought that week. I was not prepared for what happened, but I can testify that it was the worst evening of my life. I'm still not over it. I don't think I'll ever be over it. So on one hand, I had a terrible evening, but my wife felt bad for me as I was behaving like I had lost a loved one. So she didn't enjoy her Super Bowl win that much either. Small consolation. (laughs) Everyone else, however, thoroughly loved mocking me and took pleasure in my pain. So the person who loses will feel wretched and the other elated. If there's a chance one will gloat so much that the other one will react like a couple of my friends would, then maybe not such a good idea. You know, when the Bucks made Super Bowl 37, I watched that game alone, and it was the best decision I made. Yeah, I don't watch. I'd never watched with the opposing team's fans. Couldn't, yeah. couldn't do that. I learned my lesson <laughs> at Super Bowl 48. I We went to Blake Street Tower. We were surrounded by Broncos fans. It's just... I think your team being in a Super Bowl, unless you're at the game, that's definitely a case to be made. I think it's a personal experience of a tight. Yeah. You need a tight circle yep. of people you trust around yep, exactly. you. Exactly. You need to feel 100% comfortable with everyone. Yeah. Because if they win, I mean, what if you start crying? You want everyone to see you crying we, with joy. We've already, ima- we've already established <laughs> on this podcast yeah. that crying is okay. Yeah. Um, but it's just, yeah, there's something about like. You're so upset that your team is losing and everyone around you, like you just don't even know the people around you and all of a sudden you're uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. Iceman says, hey, friends. Mace, welcome back and continue to get well. So sorry about George. Thank you, Iceman. I'm listening at 3.30 a.m. Thursday. I didn't know illness could be passed on through the World Wide Web with this sick person not even being there. I really needed this two-hour pod this morning, trying to let Miss Iceman get her rest. She can start feeling bad, or she started feeling bad last night. I can't make it to Stoney's way too sick. Man, Iceman, feel better. Mm -hmm. Ryan, Please don't have 12 Breck brews during a pro game. Hold it to eight, big guy. 12 12 and three hours is a questionable example for the DNVR fam. I have your back, Zach, on TB12. Ah, Thank you, Iceman. And listen to this. Go Broncos, Drew, TB12, DNVR, Nug Puppies. Iceman, will you be saying go TB12 if he is a Charger or a Raider? No one should ever be saying that. So thank you, Iceman. Love you. Unless you're saying tip back 12 yes in, ref- in reference to breck bruce <laughs> there you go vgk bronco i saw a report online that said alex smith wants to play football again after that horrific leg injury what do you think the qb market would be like for smith and if he can't get a deal as a starting quarterback could he be a factor in becoming a backup perhaps in denver i'm not sure what his contract situation is but he could be a cheap option for a veteran backup Boy, that uh, that's a tough situation. I don't know how you could sign him to be a starter. But if he's interested in being a backup and playing for reasonable backup money, absolutely. Oh, especially 100%. when you part of the reason why it's coming up is because, sorry, I got to mention his name. Patrick Mahomes has talked about the influence that Alex Smith had on him. Right. And basically, Alex Smith knew Patrick Mahomes was taking his job in a year, and yet Smith was very open in terms of sharing information, sharing knowledge, sharing insight. He wasn't uh, 
freezing out Patrick Mahomes. He basically brought him into the inner circle, shared everything he learned with him, and Mahomes credits uh, Alex Smith with a lot of what he's become over the last couple of years. And so, yeah, if it's a reasonable backup salary, absolutely take a look at Alex Smith. If he's healthy, why not? Uh, The market is going to be very, very low for him, though. I mean, it's going to be like vet minimum type yeah. stuff. He's going to have to prove himself, right? Yeah. It, yeah. And just being healthy and, and being able to play in preseason. Uh, from Sausage Sang a Harry. But before we get to Sausage Sang a Harry, I want to tell you about Green Mountain Dental, who's giving you a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. All you got to do is take care of your teeth. And Green Mountain Dental will hand over a free Sonicare toothbrush, 303-988-0711. Make sure you give them a call and schedule your appointment today. Okay, Sasha Tsanga says, Brady is a product of his environment. There's talks about how wins aren't a stat for quarterback. Then we all hear about how many rings he has. What about kickers and punters who have multiple rings as part of the dynasty? Are they the GOAT at their position? No. A lot of people say Adam, will say Adam Vinatieri is the GOAT at the kicker, though. And he probably is. Uh, granted, their influence is not as great on the quarterback as the uh, as the as the quarterback has on the outcome of the game. But still, counting rings is a BS notion that needs to be put to bed. Okay. Well, how about this? How about this record of two hundred and nineteen and sixty four? Are you freaking You're, kidding me? He just said, "Don't talk about wins," and then all you did was talk well, about he, wins. Well, he said he said Super Bowls. So I was going to start with that. How about a sixty four percent completion percentage, forty two hundred yards over. 19 seasons or 20 seasons 4200 yards is what he averaged per season 30 touchdowns 10 picks and a 97 pass rating that is incredible to average that incredible okay thank you uh but for hall of fame consideration for example i don't like the rings coming up especially especially for non-quarterbacks but even with quarterbacks i mean i i, I look eli manning is probably going to be a hall of famer I don't think Eli Manning deserves to be a Hall of Famer. I think he's, as Peter King would say, in the Hall, very good. I don't think he really said that take he when was, we talked about he it. He wasn't on the pod when we had that conversation. Oh, he left midway through. Because, yeah, you were here for the Eli Manning Hall of Fame conversation. Yes. But you had to leave early. Uh-huh. Well, I didn't know that. Wow. 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 So the most important game doesn't matter. It matters, but... I'm, well, I'm you, looking, just said, you just said I'm you don't want to hear about it. I'm looking at the bigger picture on Eli Manning. To I'm me. looking at a quarterback who had some good moments but was also mediocre for long stretches. To me, uh, nothing matters more than the Super Bowl, which is why I concede that Tom Brady is the best of all time, even though even though I do believe he benefited greatly from what's around him. I just can't take that, I, you just can't take that away from him. With that being said, I said this on the day of the Eli Manning uh, podcast, and I stand by it. When you are telling the story of this era of NFL football, you first mentioned Tom Brady and their dynasty. And then you mentioned that if it weren't for Eli Manning, they would have had two more rings. So, and then right after that, you mentioned Peyton Manning. If it weren't for him, they might have had two more on top of that. So those are the three quarterbacks that, co- that first get mentioned in this era of, of NFL football. But I would also say this. If Eli Manning has the same resume, and we brought this up, in Tampa or Denver or he, Minnesota, is he a he Hall of Famer? He still has the two Super Bowl MVPs. Yes, I think he's in. I mean, he's one of five. We'd guys have to fight to harder two, for it. Yeah, that and that's that's what I said. Being in Denver, I don't think he's first ballot. Being in New York, I think he's first ballot. I so think it's that's sort of like Joe Namath. Joe Namath didn't have a spectacular career, but he had a Super Bowl 
and some would say the most important Super Bowl win ever, and he was the quarterback of the team for that game, and and he was a, a marquee name in New York. Thus, he was a Hall of Famer. In the end, like where you end up playing matters a lot. Yeah, there's no doubt it gives and you a boost. It shouldn't. And winning matters, no. a, but winning matters a lot. And sometimes, look at Archie Manning. Archie Manning isn't even considered an NFL great because he was stuck in a really bad franchise and hardly ever won. If he goes to... Trade Archie Manning and t- Terry Bradshaw. Right. If Archie Manning is a stealer, they probably still win four Super Bowls. For all we know, maybe they win another. Right. Because, Ar- I mean, That's Archie was, despite his team, Archie was a pretty amazing quarterback back in the 70s. He was like the original Russell Wilson or something. Yes. So, uh, yeah, it's it, 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 where you end up playing matters. And it's true, like, Archie Manning has no chance of being considered even one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And because of Tom Brady, who is very, 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 very good, he also benefits from being part of a dynasty, which he held a hand in, but wasn't the entire part of in that discussion. And Archie Manning and his experience as a saint, I think, is part of why when Eli Manning came out, they were so anxious to make sure that Eli did not become a San Diego Charger. Because Archie knew what happened when you were with a bad organization. Yeah, that's a good point. And Phil, while Philip Rivers has done very well with the Chargers over the years, I would say that they had a lot of wisdom in steering him away from San Diego to the New York Giants. Yeah, because Phil, I don't think, eh, I don't know if he'll be a Hall of Famer. Uh, from Steve Atwater Hall of Fame, the last pod was my absolute favorite, and it's not even close. It's refreshing to hear all of you have your own takes and defend them to the bitter end. I also love Zach's subtle job jabs the rest of the pod. Please never change. Glad to hear you enjoyed Thank it. Thank you. Um, he says, I plan on being a member of this community longer than Mahomes will play in the NFL, and I can't wait to call out Zach for his terrible Mahomes take in 10 years. I, you know what? I hope it happens. Either way, I love all three of you. I wait anxiously every day to open the pod and hear your opinions. I have both agreed and disagreed with all of you at some point, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I plan on giving you the coveted five-star rating on iTunes today. Awesome community and the best Broncos content around. Thank you so much. We are grateful for all the positive reviews and all the positive ratings that we get over uh, on iTunes. That uh, means a lot to all of us. And I know we've kind of uh, done a little push to get some more comments on there. We've seen some really nice comments and, uh, from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you. We've got thank a you kindly. We've got a seven streak going right now. Seven straight five star ratings. So uh, I like it. I think our record is twelve. Let's see if we can be. Let's it. keep it going. On, thank you so much. On to Jedi Joshua with three. Just now catching yesterday's pod at work, and fellas, Zach is living in a world that isn't, in fact, reality. The Patriots were also in a terrible division almost year in year out. To think Denver, L.A., and Vegas. Won't have good teams is a stretch. Will Mahomes be good? Yes. But during the Colts game this year without Hill and with Kelsey, they looked very human. If you take either one of those guys away, the offense changes dramatically. And I think those guys will be easily replaced is highly unrealistic, not to mention the, defense, the defensive drop-off. Mahomes will be great, but way too early to be talking about 10 or 15 years down the road. Come on, Zach. Sorry for the long comment. Just had to vent that out with my fellas. Go DNVR and go Broncos. Yeah, the- then you don't have to replace Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill. Just sign them, and then you will be able to replace them. We're talking about two guys. We're not talking about entire roster. And, in fact, to your point about the defense, they had such a bad defense last year that they fired their defensive coordinator because they were a bottom 10 defense, and they still were one snap away from the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, and all I'm I saying, went back like, and rewatched that play. 
you just can't be sure what, what would have mean? happened if the flag because Brady threw the flag, so the saw the flag, so the play changes the second that he sees the flag. One offsides away, but anyway, no, no, I, no, no, they weren't one offs. Yes, you're, they were. They were. They were one offsides away. But, but I see you're what saying, you're saying. Well, we're never going to be able to to solve that. That's debate. what I'm saying. You can't say they were one offsides away. You can say the offsides played a huge role. But what I'm saying is that play changed, so we can't know what the what would what world we would have lived in if he didn't jump offsides. But let's say he didn't go offsides and Brady still threw the pick. Then they're going to the Super Bowl. But it, that doesn't really matter. Right. But what I'm saying is Brady threw a risky pass because he saw the flag. But we don't know that. Just like you're saying I can't say that, I'm saying you can't say that. But regardless, my argument isn't about Super Bowls with Mahomes. It's about winning the division, which he has done both years. All right. Next one coming in from Wilma F. Says, what's up, man? Just curious as to what Johnny Boland's cryptic messages about propaganda and lies on his Instagram story mean about for our ownership. Nothing. I think he's commenting on what Goodell said yesterday about believing in the trust. This has to mean the team will be sold. Please say no. Love you guys. Wilma out. Well, I didn't see yesterday, actually. Yeah, it's, it's a, it doesn't matter. Nothing that Johnny, Johnny Boland does matters in you this know, situation, he, except for the fact that he would have to apparently – approve Brittany, which he probably wouldn't do either, but he's going to be one of many who aren't going to end up approving it. He's shown a history uh, on his Instagram stories of being quite the misogynist. Really quick, without going too deep into the life of Johnny Bolin, does he actually deserve a say in it? Like, they're saying all the, the kids have to be on the same page. There's just no way that he deserves a say in this. <laughs> yeah. He's, I mean, he's got some problems, but yes, I, I don't. At this point, I, I would say if if it were my call, I'd say he's probably forfeited the right to have a say. Sometimes I see this. the people that have Hall of Fame votes, and I'm like, this person gets to decide who's going to the Hall of Fame. These stakes are much higher, and John, and th- some of those writers are much more qualified than Johnny Bullen is to have a a discussion about who should be the owner of the Broncos. I believe that the Hall of Fame vote should be done like baseball, and it should have, you know, hundreds, if not up to a thousand people in media, and I would include former players and coaches in it as well, thus diluting the impact that one single voter or, or a few voters can have I think he's del- deleted any cryptic uh, things on his Instagram today. Yeah, th- All I'm seeing is that his toes are black from running, he has a cute dog, and that he's aware and alive. He's he actually does have an extremely cute dog. <laughs> yeah, and remember when he had the, uh, the DUI in California a few years back and mm-hmm. the dog was... In, in the car, as we were reading the reports, the, the dog, it, it, he basically, he's the same breed as uh, one of my dog, as one of my surviving dog, Rupert. He's a Blenheim Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, and so is Johnny Bowen's dog. So we re- read the story, and we heard about the dog, and we said, can we adopt him? Because this yeah. guy's going over 100 miles per hour with that dog in the passenger seat, that can, and he's DUI. That, that can hardly be safe. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Although I will say... It, that aside, he does seem like he loves that dog a lot. Yes. Yeah. Um, from True Ute 59. All right, huge shout-out time. Shout-out to all of Broncos country and the greater Denver area. My family and I have been season ticket holders for over 10 years now, and I personally make the trek from Salt Lake to Denver two to three times every season. Not only has Denver become my home away from home, but it's become somewhere I'd like to live someday. Not only because of the Broncos, but because of all the good people in Denver. Also, huge shout out to Mace, Ryan, and Zach for showing up every day and killing it. Not only about the Broncos, but everything else. I've been catching up on several episodes a day for the last three or four days, and it's hard to turn the pod off. 
Lastly, shout out to Ryan and Zach again for reiterating that Tebow and Thomas walk-off TD is one of the greatest NFL moments ever. Unlike some of the other successful moments over the last decade, I cannot forget my reaction to that play and the feeling of holy blank. We stole a playoff spot, and now we stole a playoff win. <coughs> Very last thing, being from Salt Lake City, I've been a natural jazz fan since birth. Because I listen to the pod through iTunes pods most of the time, I hear all the talk about the Nuggets, Avs, and Rockies. I'm finding it hard to not become a fan of all the Denver teams. Not just the Broncos. That's my favorite type of comment. Sorry for the long comment, but it's the offseason. You guys seem uh, to enjoy pushing the two-hour mark daily, so I'm only slightly sorry. Huge shout-out to TrueUteFan59. Love to hear all that and love to hear that you're becoming a pure Denver sports fan. And maybe you'll become true buff fan 59 before all <laughs> said and done. Next one coming in from the big Tabowski question for you. The three. big Tabowski bro. There's <laughs> 15 comments today That's, in honor of Tim Tebow. Hey, if he, if he keeps <laughs> giving busy. me the love, he can give as many as he wants. <laughs> he says, I'm just kidding. By the way, I love you. I want to make Colorado green chili for me and my wife. I haven't had it in decades since I was last in Denver. So can you use any type of type of chili or does it have to be Hatch or Pueblo? Which of those is better to make it authentic? What should I eat with chili? Nachos, bread, rice, quinoa? How do y'all eat it? I'm struggling to get Hatch or Pueblo chilies in the UK, but think I have found a company that will ship Hatch chilies in a jar, pre-roasted and peeled, I believe, which I understand is a vital part of the process. Would they be any good or better to use a different kind of pepper that we can get here and roast that? Let me know if you could, the big T. A lot of people will tell you in Denver that you have to use Pueblo chilies because they're Colorado chilies, but I think you can do it just as well with Hatch. I'm, I admit, and I may get some blowback in, from this in the comments, I'm a bit of a chili agnostic. I think both Hatch and Pueblo will do the job well for you. They will, uh, especially like since you are not in Colorado. If you were in Colorado, I'd say, yeah, go with the Pueblo chilies. Mm-hmm. But since you have to get them shipped to you, you're okay going with the Hatch. No one's going to be calling you out for that. What do you like with it, by the way? I, I like either thick tortilla chips, not the thin kind that break up, but the thick ones, or just simply a, uh, like a tortilla itself. So that's the thing. When you are having a traditional Colorado green chili, it is spelled with an I because it itself is a dish that you have Mm -hmm. with just a tortilla on the side in a bowl. That's my favorite. Yeah, nice warm tortilla. Green chili is just the basis of that dish, green chili, with an I instead of an E. Um, So for me, that's what I would recommend. But you can have like green chili sauce – and like a smothered burrito, that's also incredible. The last time the Big Tabowski had chili, green chili, was in 1993 at Chili Willie's in Minturn, and he informs us that that has now closed down. I'm convinced that this is a quest to set the record for most comments on one day. I think yeah. he did it right now. Yeah, he did. Alaska Preston. Congrats, and no one yeah. tried to break it, please. <laughs> Alaska Preston, I propose that you all start referring to your debate segments as the DNVR spice cabinet due to you guys bringing the heat and some serious salt yesterday. That was some good quality podcasting. There's been a lot of talk of diets on the pod. Ryan eats keto. Zach eats high carb, low fat. Mace eats literary references in the hearts of lesser reporters. (laughs) But are there any diets that the players have that fans would find surprising? I've always been curious what the players use to power all the physical activity they do. Final note, never have opposing fans over for the Super Bowl. All caps. Alaska is full of Seahawks fans, and I spent the first two and a half quarters of Super Bowl 48. I decided homework would be better than watching that disaster with some obnoxious Seattle fans. Never 
again. Yeah, that sounds absolutely brutal. What about the diet thing? We've seen like a, you know Von Miller, of course, talks about how you uh, you don't put uh, regular gas in a Ferrari. So Von yeah. does this right. He has a personal chef who mm-hmm. m- monitors his macros, all this stuff. And just nails it down. I believe every single athlete should be acting that way. And it actually blows my mind. What, bl- what will blow your mind, I think he said, or that will, you'll find surprising, is that some of these guys eat absolute crap all the time. You know what blows my mind is that they serve some absolute crap in the facility. And I, I'm sure it's not just Broncos. I'm sure it's every team or 90% of the teams. But I'm shocked to see some of the, the fried food that these guys are eating that they got from the cafeteria. That always blows my mind. Another thing that blows my mind is being a vegan athlete. I just, props for you if you can do it, that just must be so unbelievably difficult to make sure that you're getting everything. That Now, I think you can be vegan, but being a vegan athlete and how much you need to eat, that's just got to be so tough. And if you have that personal chef that's making sure you get everything, then great. But I just think if you don't have that advice, then it can get really tough. Here's what I'll say about that. I totally understand someone wanting to eat vegan. Um, I was a vegetarian slash pescatarian for many years, so I totally understand that. But you have to do all the things that you need to do to make sure your performance doesn't dip. And and someone might defend the beliefs, and I'm I'm willing to do that. Yeah. But if your performance dips because of it, that's it's just not acceptable. You are being paid millions of dollars to have, to treat your body a certain way, and if you aren't able to live a vegan lifestyle and keep your body in tip-top shape, you have I don't think you sh- you can do that. Yeah, if you can do it, it's one of the most impressive accomplishments and and I commend you. It's just probably very hard to do that. Next one is for me guys from Albino Reno, as we, as we, I've called him. Guys, if Drew Locke wins MVP next year, goes to the AFG cha- AFC Championship game, then the following year makes it to the Super Bowl, how do you project his next 10 years? Zach is absolutely right. You really can't accurately project anything, which is why the draft is so hard. But use your sample size of two full seasons to make at least some projection. How can Arcane May say not not say that he is on track to be the best ever when you're saying at 30 million a year he's taking a discount you project him to be worth 45 plus million but he's not in the conversation of being the possible best over the next 10 years break it down at 24 he has a league mvp a super bowl appearance possible super bowl mvp a 76 and a half win percentage including playoffs 71.9 regular season 65 and a half percent career completion percentage a 4.2 touchdown to interception ratio a no look pass and a left hand pass that makes Tua's throw look like a toddler's. RK and Mace, tell me how Mahomes doesn't project to be one, if not the greatest. Moving on, I saw a mock where the Broncos got Andrew Thomas at 15, but passed on CeeDee Lamb and Ruggs, who went 21 and 24. If that is the case, would you trade back up to 20 to grab CeeDee, elite wide receiver and day one starter at tackle? And this mock, LaVisca was not taken in the first, so wait until they do it and grab him instead? If the wide receivers are dropping like that, I'm waiting until day two. Yeah, and, and a lot of people are starting – I mean, this is just like what happens during draft season. A lot of people are starting to talk about wide receivers dropping. So I don't know if that's based off information that teams are saying where they're saying, hey, there's so many good wide receivers, everyone's going to wait. But a lot of people are starting to think Judy could be available at 15. People are thinking that LaVisca could be available on day two. If this is the case, I am serious when I say stock up. Take one at 15. Trade up in the second to take another one. 
do anything you can to build on this receiving. I mean, we look back and talk about some of the greatest receiving classes of all time. Imagine if this is one of those and the Broncos got two of them. And the other thing, this is why in free agency you make sure you take care of as many of the pressing needs as possible because if you fill the vacancies in your lineup and the draft board falls to where you can get a couple of receivers early and those are the best players available, then do it. What about the rest? Uh, and by the way, Andrew Thomas and Henry Ruggs, if you trade back up, that'd be fantastic. If, so, but yeah. if Andrew Thomas is there at 15 or Tristan Wirfs, though, that's going to be hard to pass on. Yeah, So, if, but yeah, I mean, I then if you trade back up and you get a wide receiver, that'd be that'd be huge. Yep. What about the rest of the comment? That's that's for you guys. Uh, My whole point the whole time was it's just it's a fool's errand to try and project 10 years. And I, I'm, I've been saying he'd be elite. I mean, the, look at the quarterbacks that I was talking about when saying, okay, here's how many times the teams won the division when they were there. We were talking about, you know, an Aaron Rodgers. We were talking, I think we mentioned a Brett Favre in there. We mentioned uh, Dan Marino. We're Okay, we're talking about some elite company here. So it's not like I'm saying he's not going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks. I'm just saying that even with those great quarterbacks, it's not a slam dunk. You're going to be successful every year. Yeah, I mean, it just he, means you have a higher no is, no, a higher floor. That's all. I don't think anyone in the world is saying he's not going to be great for a long time. Yeah, I'm I'm sticking by everything I said. That was that was just your guys' chance to respond to that case. All right, and the last one here comes in from Bronco Brawler. It says, "I'm sorry, RK and Mace. Mahomes is everything Zach is saying he is. He's the greatest quarterback talent there has ever been, and I mean, he has a bazooka of an arm, incredible instincts. He's simply a baller." This will be an unpopular take, but I absolutely love everything about Mahomes except the team he plays for, and I'm not going to let my tinted orange glasses stop me from admiring one of the greatest football talents there has ever been. I'm touching wood for him, but the only way I see him not being the dominant force in the NFL for the next decade is if he gets injured, which unfortunately has been literally the only issue with him so far. He's already amazing. He'll be a thorn in the Broncos' side for over a decade but he has shown absolutely nothing that indicates he won't be the greatest quarterback ever. Love the discussion. Definitely side with Zach, but liked hearing Arcane Mace's takes as always. Keep up the good work, gentlemen. Bronco baller, brawler. I love you. I love you. Beautiful. And also, this is this is what I love about this community is look how respectful that comment was. He, you know, in in fact, this discussion, except for calling me Skip Bayless, has been very respectful. <laughs> we we love pointing out our sides and going back and forth, and it's fun. It's fun to disagree and do it in a respectful way, and that's what makes this community so special. It's funny because I I listened back to it. I personally didn't think it was that good, but everyone just <laughs> everyone just likes hearing us argue. <laughs> um, what I'll say is this: he actually mentioned something that I haven't even brought up yet. He actually has shown a little bit of weaknesses in terms of injuries. It hasn't popped up as a big one yet, but his an- he has ankle problems for sure. In the same way that you know Steph Curry does, it just kind of pops up here and there, costs him a few games. Um, the one other thing I'll say is that the way that he operates right now, it's it's not as obvious to see because it's not like Cam Newton who was, you know, breaking the pocket and taking big hits out on the edge, and everyone says, oh, my God, this just doesn't – you can't play like this. Mahomes actually takes as many, if not more, big hits than anyone in the league right now because he is an absolute fearless competitor in the pocket. He's not scared of taking a hit. And for that, I commend him. 
I don't know if that's sustainable. I think eventually he's going to have to learn how to protect himself a little more, and he's not going to be able to hang in there for the 25-yard in route and take a shot in the face all day. Well, projecting based off what we know, he's missed one game per year is what it boils down to. I understand your injury concerns. I'm not saying that's wrong, but he's. it's not like he's missed big chunks, and we did it with Brady, so why don't we do it now? This is what Mahomes is average, averaged in his first two seasons. 66% completion, 4,500 yards, 38, 38 touchdowns because he missed two games. 38 touchdowns, eight and a half interceptions, 110 passer rating. And you said those yards feel low. It's 304 yards per game. 304 passing yards. That feels low. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm shocked. Did he, has he not gone over 5,000 yet? Um, no, he did his first year. Oh, okay. He, yeah. uh, he eclipsed 5,000, 5,097. Okay. But then last year he only went for 4,031 on pace for 4,600 if he stayed healthy. Um, that's just the thing is like the, the ankle, it hasn't cost him too much time yet, but it did cost him a stretch of bad games, which is why he ended up with only, I'm putting in air quotes, 4,000 yards. He didn't play well for about three or four weeks after that injury. So, Again, we're micro, I don't know what the word is, assessing here, but I'm just saying it's he's not uh, he ha- it's not that he hasn't shown any cracks in the foundation yet. It's just something to keep an eye on. I really don't think you can go a whole career taking the type of hits that he takes in the pocket. I don't think he's shown any cracks. Oh, they just okay. detailed one. A missing one game per year? I don't I mean And then he played poor he didn't play nearly as well and they struggled after that, which is why they weren't, you know. They didn't have as good of a record as they could have. Those struggles you're talking about, 11-3 and last year, 25 touchdowns, 26 touchdowns, five interceptions. But I think two of those games came in that stretch. Two of the bad games? I I don't know exactly when it is, but he had a three-game stretch, probably what you're pointing at, where he had three touchdowns and two interceptions. There, Yeah, that's the one. That's not a good stretch. <laughs> you're, not you're in not today's here. NFL. For, there, for, was, for there was a time stretch, that was fine and dandy. One touchdown for, per game? For a quarterback, that's phenomenal if that's your bad stretch over a 40-game sample size. For sure. For sure. That's great. Yeah. I'm yeah. just saying there has been I'm – not, I'm not trying to tell you that he's not great. I think I'm just saying that he hasn't, he hasn't been perfect. I sigh with that. No quarterback, no player is ever good. Who, who's the best basketball player of all, of all time? Michael Jordan. Okay, that's pretty unanimous. I'm shocked you didn't say that right away. Or you disagree with Mace? I was just about to say MJ. He probably had some bad stretches, right? For sure. Was that's a perfect? different game, though, because they play every night. So has there ever been a play? So you want to make the argument that someone has to be perfect? No. <laughs> I'm just saying well, that's that. That's what I'm saying, is that he, of course he's not perfect. Well, basically in the NBA, five games equals one NFL game, right? Relative yep. to the schedule. So if he, he, if he has a bad game, if if Patrick Mahomes has a bad game, that's like if Michael Jordan had a bad five-game stretch. And again, when when we mm-hmm. say bad, we're talking about still pretty darn still the good, best player on the stretch. court. This, this conversation, this is why I don't like this conversation because it's just you have to get down to the tiny details to try and project. And what I'm saying is that the the ankle stuff could cost him and that over time, he's not going to be able to take the hits in the pocket that he takes. And he can absolutely adjust. Totally. He's just going to have to. And I have no question that he's, he's going to be able to, or that he will struggle with that. He'll be fine. All right. Remarkably, we are done. I know we had <laughs> to um, shorten the first segment, which is a shame. But 
still over an hour of podcast, which is what most podcasts give you once a week. So we went a little short today, but I'm sure it'll be the outlier. We appreciate you guys uh, listening and, and understanding our technical issues and our timing and schedule today. But we'll be back with you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast. We will not be talking about Patrick Mahomes in the next 10 years. But for now, we'll talk to you later. It's getting me down, waiting for you. Cause I could have just as easily left by now. What makes me return is what I need you to do. Something you Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. 